There is a song that goes, Upon his precious head they placed a crown of thorns. They laughed and said, Behold the king. They struck him and they cursed him and they mocked his holy name. All alone he suffered everything. To the howling mob he yielded. He did not for mercy cry. The cross of shame he took alone. And when he cried, it is finished, he gave himself to die. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. Do you know tonight that Jesus did not have to die? Do you know that? He didn't have to die. He possessed all things. He is God. He needed no thing. He did not have to die. He did not have to submit himself. He did not have to give himself to the cross of Calvary. And what if he did not? What if he said, I'm the creator of all things. I'll not die for my creation. What if he said, I'm the Lord of all things. I'll not die for the subjects that I rule. What if he said, I'm the king of glory. I'll not stoop to such depths of shame. No, not today. I'll, I'll not die. What if he did not die? What if he said, I'll teach? They are ignorant of wisdom. They are in need of instruction. What if he said, I'll teach, but I'll not die? What if he said, I'll rule? It is a king that they want. It is a, it is a ruler that they seek. And so I'll rule, but no, I'll not die. What if he did not die? Well, it is as simple as this tonight. If he does not die, he does not pay for our sin. And if he does not pay for our sin then we are still in our sin. And if we are still in our sin, then we are condemned, lost, perishing, and awaiting our eternal judgment and the reality of hell for that sin. Very simply, if he does not die, we are hopeless, we are lost, we are ruined. Well, I want to tell you tonight, the good news is Jesus, because he so loves, does die. And so we have peace tonight. We have joy tonight. The good news is because Jesus so loves, he does die. Tonight our message is entitled, The Resolved Light. The Resolved Light. Tonight we're in John chapter 12, moving along, verses 27 through 36. The resolved light, John chapter 12, verses 27 through 36. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word, John chapter 12, beginning in verse 27. Now my soul has become troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven, I have both glorified it, and will glorify it again. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death which he was to die. The crowd then answered him, We have heard out of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. 
And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so the darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. During Father, we come tonight. We are thankful, so thankful for hope tonight, for peace tonight, for the, give, for the forgiveness of sin tonight. We're so thankful for a risen, resurrected Savior tonight. Lord, I, I pray as we have gathered, I pray that, that our hearts well up in worship to you, that your name is lifted high. I pray, Lord, as you speak now, I pray, Lord, that, that the unexpected would happen. I pray, Lord, that the astonishing would happen. Lord, I know this is a, a supernatural event. And so I ask, Lord, on this Friday night in this room and going out from here that you would be known, that you would be glorified, that you would move in tremendous fashion. And, Lord, we'll be quick to point to you. We'll be quick to give you all the glory. You are worthy. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In John chapter 12, in our preceding verses, Jesus has just declared that the time for his death by crucifixion is at hand. Now, where he had consistently said the time was not yet, and you remember all the way through the gospel accounts, he would say the hour is not at hand, the time is not yet. On this occasion, he has now changed, and he says the time is now. Now, I think most of us have too light of a view of what that meant for Jesus. We think, well, he is God. Well, this is what he is supposed to do. And so we somehow think it's not as hard for him. Or we think, well, it's not as terrible for him. Now, if it were us, it would be terrible, but he is God. And so it's not as terrible for him. There were some when John was writing saying that Jesus was a spiritual being. And so they were saying enduring a physical death was just done in symbolism. And so they would say there was no pain for Jesus. There was no true cost for Jesus. It was just symbolic. Well, the truth is Jesus is fully man. And the cross was the same physical torture, the same physical pain, as it would be for any man. Now, what that means is he felt it all. It was excruciating in nature. He endured it all. He felt the physical pain of the cross. Jesus starts back in verse 27 tonight. Now, my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Now, Jesus has just told of his imminent death. He has just told his disciples that they also would have to die to self to follow him. And then he speaks these very real words, very profound words, very telling words. It starts off, and Jesus says, 
Now my soul has become troubled. In his being, Jesus reports to us, he has become troubled. Now the word troubled means, listen to this, violently shaken. It's not a small agitation. It's not a small distress that has come up. He is violently shaken in his soul. Another, another definition says traumatized. And so he says he is traumatized in his soul. Be very sure tonight, Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus fully knew the cost of the cross of Calvary. He knew physically that he will be whipped and punched and slapped, that he will be struck, that he will be hit. He knows that he will be nailed through, actually nailed through, stretched out on a cross. He knows that from those nails, he will hang. He knows that he will have a crown of thorns pushed down into his brow, pushed into his head. He knows that he will bleed profusely. He knows that he will be dehydrated. He knows that he will have to fight for his breath hanging on his nails. He knows that he'll be stripped naked for all passing by to see and to sneer at. On top of that, if you can imagine, he will become, and I'm going to say maybe worse than that, the sin that he hates. All of the shame and all of the guilt and all of the filth of sin, he will become. Now, I want you to think about that. Don't make too light of that. Murder, rape, incest, lying, cheating, abuse, pride, jealousy, drunkenness, every sin for all the ages, all of it, the wickedness of it is put on him. And God's anger toward it, the Bible says, can you imagine how mad God is at those things? Can you imagine his anger toward those things? God's anger toward that sin is directed at Jesus. He knows it. He dreads it. He agonizes over it. He says, my soul has become troubled. Then he says this, and what shall I say? Now that's a rhetorical question. I am troubled in my soul. I know what's coming. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? He could have. He could have said that. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have literally done it to destroy the earth and set him free. He says, but what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, he says, but for this purpose, for this hour, I have come. Jesus says here, this is why I've come. He is troubled in his soul. He's in agony. And he says, yet this is why I've come. When I say, God, lift it from me. No, this is the hour I've come for. Be sure and see this. It is a big piece of our gospel. Let me, let me just tell you, our gospel today uh, has become distorted in many circles it includes some things in other circles and not other, other things in other circles. And this many times is left out of what is reported as the gospel. Be very, be, be very careful and see this tonight. Sometimes we say, why did he have to die? Did you ever wonder that? Why did he have to die? Wasn't there another way? He's God. 
Why did he have to die? What is the point in his dying? It seems too much. How high of a cost it must have been. Be very sure tonight. Jesus came as a man. Listen, Jesus came as a man. He was born as a man. He became God, Christ incarnate. He stood as Emmanuel to die as a man. You understand that? That is the truth. That is the gospel that we are saved by. That is why he came. He came as a man to die as a man. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give, listen to this, and to give his life a ransom for many. Friends, be very sure tonight, if he does not die, there is no salvation. If he does not die, there is no forgiveness of sin. If he does not die, there is no peace with God. If he does not die, there is no future. There is no hope. There is no life. He came to die for the redemption of sinners. He was born to die. And so filled with dread, terrorized in agony, awaiting his soon suffering, Jesus stands resolved and he says, Father, glorify your name. Verse 28. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Now, remember yesterday, to glorify is to reveal the true substance of. It is to hold up to reveal the true character of. Well, Jesus says through the cross in these events, in these days, at this hour, Father, glorify your name. Now, don't miss this. Again, you want to know God the Father's nature? You want to know God's holiness? You want, to want to, you want to know how holy he is? You want to know his justice? Just how just is God the Father? You want to know his power? You want to know his grace? You want to know God's love? We talk about it a lot. You want to know about his love? Then you look at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus facing the terrible cross and resolve to it says, Father, be glorified. Let your substance be known in the cross. The rest of the verse says in an audible voice. Now this is the third time this happens in the New Testament. An audible voice from the Father is heard. He says he had glorified it in the past. He had glorified it in past events and even in the life of Jesus. But now he says he will also do it again. That's what he says. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Be sure and understand this. The greatest revelation of the character of God. Now we want to know God. We want to draw close to him. We want to know what he's like. The greatest Revelation of the character of God is not in creation. 
It is not in the ark. It's not in the Red Sea. The greatest revelation of the character of God is not in the walls of Jericho. It's not in the prophets of Baal. The greatest revelation of the character of God is not in a, a pillar of fire or a cloud of smoke. It's not in inhabiting the promised land. It is not in the death of a Philistine giant. No, listen to me. The greatest revelation of the character of God is the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. If you want to know God, look at the cross. God says here, I have. He says, glorify yourself, Father. He says, I have. And he says, watch this. And I will. And I will. Listen to me tonight, believer. On the hard days, train yourself to look to the cross. On the days when you wonder, the days when you doubt, train yourself to look to the cross. On the days when you, when you feel tired, cause yourself, train yourself to look to the cross. There we'll see our Father. There we'll see our Savior. Verse 29. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying an angel has spoken to him. Now, you ever notice this about a crowd? There are three types of people in a crowd. Here's what I figured out. There are three types of people in a crowd. The first are those who have no idea what's going on. Somebody in this crowd actually said, did it thunder? The second type of people in a crowd they have no idea what goes on, but they act like they do. Now, don't point any fingers. They have no idea. They have as much idea as the last guy. They have no idea what's going on, but they act like they do, and they say, an angel has spoken. And then there's those that know what's going on. John writes the truth, verse 30. Jesus answered and said, this voice, they knew what it was, has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Verse 30, he says, it is another confirmation. It is another confirmation all the way to the end. We see Jesus is confirming. Jesus is persuading. And here we are getting close to the cross. And if you haven't believed yet, if you haven't believed in the lame man that is now walking, if you haven't believed in the blind man that is now seeing, if you haven't believed in the dead man that is now living, if you haven't believed yet, how about a voice from heaven? He tries to persuade him again. It wasn't for me. It was for y'all. Verse 31. Great verse, verse 31. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Great verse. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Verse 31 Jesus is telling us the impact of the cross. You want to know the impact of the cross? Here's part of it. He says, with this now, with the cross, judgment is upon the world. Now, he has said that he came to save. He is going to make a way of salvation. But he says, now, in this event, in the cross, the cross stands as the dividing line. Judgment is revealed in the cross. Now what that means is, 
You either believe in the Savior of the cross, you either believe in the work of the cross, you either believe in the victory of the cross and are saved, or you do not and you are lost. The cross is now the dividing line. Jesus says now at the cross, judgment is upon the world. Friends, listen to me tonight. It's no different tonight. It hasn't changed tonight. Listen to me tonight. You either believe in the truth of Jesus, the Savior of the cross, and you are saved in that, or you stand tonight in your disbelief, you stand in your rejection of the Savior of the cross, and you are lost. The cross is the dividing line. Now there's another impact of the cross, another effect of the cross, and he says this, now, in the cross, in this event, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Now, let me tell you what that means. That means that the cross and the resurrection of Jesus are the defeat of Satan. Listen to me very carefully. Satan is crushed and defeated and his end is secured at Calvary. Do not miss that. Hear that tonight. See the bigness of that. It is not still being decided. There's folks that think it is still being decided. Listen, it is not being decided. We don't have to do anything to Satan. We don't have to go and bind him. We don't have to trample him under our feet. It is not being decided. It is still not up in the air. There is not a battle going on for the victory. Listen to me tonight. Satan is surely, soundly, and solidly defeated in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He is defeated tonight. He has lost. He has lost. He has lost. Now, I want you to be sure of something. He is real. That's what it means. Sometimes we act like, well, he's not real. He's real. He is powerful. Yes, he's powerful. He is our enemy. Do not be confused. He is our enemy. He seeks our destruction, even our death. But listen to me tonight. He is a defeated enemy, and his defeat was secured in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, listen to this, verses 14 and 15. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same. Jesus came and put in flesh. That through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Satan is defeated in the cross of Calvary. Verse 32, and I, if I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Now he's continuing on with the impact, the effect of the cross. And he says, Satan is defeated and I, if I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Now this is going back to the image, you remember it from a while back in Exodus. Remember in the Exodus account, the people are under the judgment of the poisonous snakes and they are dying if they're bitten by the poisonous snake. Well, God tells Moses 
take the image of a serpent, put it on a, on a, on a rod, on a standard, on a stick, and hold it up. And if they look upon the serpent in faith, they will live. Now listen, they didn't have to look at it. They could, do, they could say, you know what, that's not ever going to work. That's crazy. But if they looked upon it in faith, they will live. Well, Jesus says, in the same way again, he's already said this, he will be lifted up from the earth. He's talking about the cross. And in the same way, those that look to him in faith will be saved. Now, I want you to notice it says all men. That means anyone can look. Do you know anyone can look to him? It's not exclusive. Anyone that will look will be saved. Now, some won't. That's the truth. Some won't, but it's not for the lack of a Savior. It's not for the lack of a Deliverer. All men, as he's held up, he is the Savior received in faith. See it again tonight, the centerpiece is the cross. You know what? Our salvation is rendered in Christ through the cross. You know what? Satan is defeated at the cross. The cross is the centerpiece. The judgment line, the dividing line, it is at the cross. The centerpiece is the cross of Calvary. Verse 33. But he was saying this to indicate by which, what, what kind of death by which he was to die. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. Verse 34. The crowd then answered him, We have heard out of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. And so how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Now the people knew he was speaking of dying. Now some say, well, they didn't know that. No, they knew he was speaking of dying. They knew he was speaking of death. And that idea did not match their idea of the Messiah. They say in the, in the scriptures we've looked at, the Messiah, he's going to be a conqueror. He's going to be the Savior of God. He's going to defeat all of our enemies. He is going to live and reign in victory. And Jesus says he is the Messiah, and he as the Messiah will die. Well, they say, who is that son of man? Who is that Messiah? We don't know that Messiah. I believe the reason the Jewish leaders reject Christ is very clear. It's because it's going to cost them their position. We've seen that over and over. They're going to lose their place. They're fearful of that. They even said that. We'll lose our nation. We'll lose our place. But I think for the Jewish people, this was their issue. You see, the leaders are scared of losing their place, but I think the Jewish people have a different issue. You see, who wants a weak hero? Who wants a meek Savior? Who can even understand a Messiah that would die? That doesn't make any sense to us. He's going to conquer everybody. How in the world will he ever die? This is their issue. Paul later said, Christ crucified is the stumbling block of the Jews. They can't understand that. What Savior is this? We don't know that Savior. Verses 35 and 36 together. So Jesus said to them, for a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. It's coming. 
He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. In these verses, these verses are an urgent call once again to believe. Jesus says, can you imagine this? For a little longer, the light is right here. That's what he's saying. The light is right here, right in the middle of you. Do not miss it. You're standing in the presence of the light. The light is the life of men. He says, I'll give you physical life. I'll give you spiritual life. He says, believe in the light so that you may be sons of light. One more time, he says, believe. One more time, he says, believe. He knows the hurt of the cross. He feels already the agony of the cross. He's already said he's going anyway. That is why he came to save sinners. That is why he came to heal sinners. And one more time, he says, so believe in the light. Believe in the light. The call again is to believe. Let's pray. During Father, we come. And I'm thankful for every step that we see tonight. I'm thankful that we see the light that gives life. But I'm also thankful for the resolve that we see in that light. Humble, selfless, loving. But you knew that's why you came, that we would be lost without you, that we would be stuck in our sin without you. And under the agony of the thing that waited in front of you, you still said, that's why I came. For the joy set before you, which is us, you went and endured the cross despising his shame, that's what your word says. So I'm thankful for that Savior. What a Savior. What a gracious Savior. Lord, I pray as we've studied your word tonight that you've encouraged us, that you've built us up, that you've trained us. I pray as we've heard your word tonight, if there's one maybe here, maybe somewhere else that doesn't know you, I pray that tonight in the hearing of your word, of the hearing of good news, they would turn, they would believe in the light that they might be sons of light. That's the potential. Lord, I pray that you would soften hearts and open ears, remove hindrances. I know you tell us that you're patient and kind, desiring that none should perish. That's why you haven't come back even now. I pray that tonight, in this night, in this episode, somebody would trust you, Lord. Somebody would turn to you. Somebody would find you. And for the very first time, they could sit back in peace. Lord, I pray that in that you're glorified. I know you are. I ask that you move. Lord, I pray for us as believers that we would become more urgent tonight. That we would become also more resolved like our light is. I pray we'd be useful in these last days. Lord, we come. We just thank you again for speaking. We thank you for your word, for your truth. We pray now that it would bear its full impact all for your glory. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close tonight. We're going to end this time tonight with a time of response, a time of invitation, a time to respond to the truth of God's word. And I want to tell you the good news is this. The gospel is for all people. There's no one that will look and turn in repentance that he won't save you. First question how is this. Have you believed? Have you believed? The call of Jesus, short steps away from Calvary, Believe, believe. Have you believed tonight? What it means is to trust him. What it means is to understand you're a sinner and you've earned a punishment and you have no hope in, your, in yourself. 
You're doomed in your sin. But what it means is to say, you know what, I know we have a Savior. And I know what He came and He's already paid the price. He's already defeated Satan, defeated death at the cross of Calvary. It's a finished fact. And it's you saying, I turn, I believe, I trust. The Bible says in that you are saved. If you believe tonight, the second, the second question I have tonight is this. If you have believed tonight, are you existing tonight as a son or daughter of the light? That's what he says our potential is. Do others see the light in you? Do they see Christ in you? Do they hear the good news in you? Or are you just living out days? Are you living as a son or daughter of the light? That is our potential tonight. God uses we're going to end with a time of invitation, a time of response. If God has spoken to you, I'm going to ask it in just a second that you would come. If you need more information, that you would come. If you're making a decision tonight, that you would come. If you've trusted Christ but haven't fallen in believers' baptism, I would encourage you to come and let's set a great day of celebration, of testimony. If you're looking for a church home, you come as well. Together we'll serve. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray that God takes this and uses it, even this service tonight. I'm going to ask if you have a decision to make that you stand as we say, you stand, you step out, you come on, I'll meet you here.